Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. We can't ask for what we know we want. We have to ask to be led someplace we never dreamed of going. This is American author Kathleen Norris on prayer. Prayer is not asking for what we think we want but asking to be changed in ways we can't imagine. The first time prayer really made sense to me, I was a guest on the Nambe Reservation outside Santa Fe, New Mexico. Before that bright summer morning, my experience of prayer was people with their heads bowed, asking favor from an invisible, blue-eyed, white-bearded white guy who lived in the sky, who, though in charge of the entire universe, had apparently nothing better to do with his time and inclination than to listen in and oblige, or not. Sometimes the odds were nothing short of ridiculous. But that day at Nambe, the kaleidoscope turned and my perspective changed forever. It was the day of the opening ceremony of the annual gathering of the tribes. I was there only because my then 10-month-old daughter, Jamie, is Native American. Her invitation had come from a Hopi grandfather. I was her plus one. We were seated on the outside of a large circle in a clearing shaded by cottonwood trees. At some point, a young Nambe tribal member knelt down next to me and invited Jamie and me to see the waterfall on their beautiful land. We followed him up a rocky path along a stream that grew bigger and louder the higher we got. Rounding a bend, the waterfall came into view. It was thunderous, gorgeous. It was there that this lovely young man prayed for my daughter. He splashed into the pool at the bottom and raising his hands to the spray over the roar of the cascade, he called down a blessing that her life might be long and rich, that she might serve higher purposes that she might finish her days in beauty. Back on the sandy shore, he took the baby into his arms and danced with her, singing in a strong, high voice, drops of water falling from his long black hair onto her uplifted face as she gazed up at him in wonder. A prayer, I realized then, presumes a relationship with the powers that be. It is a dance with our partners in creation and fulfillment. 
A prayer is a petition for a mission to fulfill our highest purposes, to ask for acceptance and strength and courage. A prayer is a yes to life, no matter what. All under three headings, as American author Anne Lamott says, help, thanks, wow. Of those three kinds of prayer, thanks would be the most important. As the 13th century German Catholic theologian, philosopher, and mystic Meister Eckhart taught, if the only prayer you ever say in your entire life is thank you, it will be enough. To this day, the Monacan Indian nation thrives on Bear Mountain in Virginia. Dr. Karen Wood was a Monacan poet and linguistic anthologist. This is her poem directing us to pray our thanks. Prayer bowl. When the moon is turned upwards like a bowl waiting to be filled, we must fill it. We must fill it by honoring the spirits of creation with songs of our joy and thanks, with foods created with our own hands. Water for the thirsty, prayers for the people, prayers for the spirits, prayers for the creative, prayers for ourselves and the sacred instruments that join us to the glory of this world that join us to the glory of this world and to the world beyond our sleep. I love that metaphor as prayer, as dance, that we can dance our prayers. It's a celebration of the law of physics. Science teacher Jenny Sarigano writes, objects in motion want to stay in motion start moving in a positive direction and your momentum will carry you forward. Richard Twist is a member of the Sinkagu Lakota Oyate tribe, which makes it home on the Rosebud Sioux Reservation in South Dakota. His life work is as an educator and bridge builder between native and non-native people. He says, like many Christians, I learned early on that prayer is a very sacred, solemn talk to God with hands folded, eyes closed, and head bowed. Because God is so big and I was so puny, I needed to be as reverent as possible. It was very formalized. It was only done at certain times and in a certain way. Now, he says, I pray all the time. But my prayers are not only talking to God, they are questions, they are dialogue, they are the burning of sage. If God is omnipresence and omnipotence, if God already knows what I'm thinking before I say it, the secret stuff as well as the public stuff, then prayer is a kind of quiet acknowledgement that God is everywhere all the time. And so prayer becomes awareness. It is woven into every aspect of my life. I don't believe in a kind of dualism in which the spiritual is separate from the physical, he says. When I'm dancing in the powwow, every step is a prayer. I dance my prayers. I'm not dancing to entertain or to perform. 
I'm praying for others. My dances are my prayers. Asking creator to bless them, encourage them, heal them, help them. Every step is a prayer. Richard Twist concludes, I'm dancing as a part of the community, praying for the community. But I'm also there because they bless me, they affirm me, encourage me to dance hard. The story is from Ian Fraser's book, On the Res. In the fall of 1988, the Pine Ridge Reservation's Lady Thorpes went to lead South Dakota to play a basketball game. Getting ready in the locker room, the Pine Ridge girls could hear the din from the fans. They were yelling fake Indian war cries. You know what I mean. The usual plan for the pregame warm-up was for the visiting team to run onto the court in a line, take a lap or two around the gym, shoot some baskets, and then go to their bench at courtside. After that, the home team would come out and do the same. And then the game would begin. Usually the Lady Thorpes lined up for their entry more or less according to height, which meant that senior Donnie DeCorey, one of the tallest, went first. As the team waited in the hallway, leading from the locker room, the heckling got louder. The lead fans were yelling epithets like squaw and worse. Some were waving food stamps. The lead high school band had joined in with fake Indian drumming and a fake Indian tune. Donnie DeCorey looked out the door and told her teammates, I can't do it. Sue Ann Big Crow, a freshman, 14 years old, quickly offered to go first in her place. Donnie gave her the ball and Sue Ann stood first in line. She came running onto the court, dribbling the basketball with her teammates running behind. On the court, the noise was deafening. Sue Ann right, right down the middle, but instead of running a full lap, she suddenly stopped when she got to center court. She turned to Donnie DeCorey and tossed her the ball, and then she stepped into the jump ball circle at center court. She unbuttoned her warm-up jacket, took it off, draped it over her shoulders, and began to do the Lakota shawl dance. Sue Ann knew all the traditional dances. She had competed in many powwows as a little girl. And the dance she chose is a young woman's dance, graceful and modest and show-offy all at the same time. Sue Ann began to sing in Lakota, swaying back and forth in the jump ball circle, doing the shawl dance, using her warm-up jacket for a shawl. The crowd went completely silent. All that stuff the lead fans were yelling, it was like she reversed it somehow, a teammate later said. In the sudden quiet, all you could hear was Sue Ann Big Crow's Lakota song. Then she dropped her jacket, took the ball for Donnie DeCorey, and ran a lap around the court, dribbling expertly and fast. The fans began to cheer and applaud. She sprinted to the basket, went up into the air, and lay the ball through the hoop with the fans cheering loudly. And Pine Ridge went on to win 
the game. It was funny, Donnie DeCorey said, but after that game, the relationship between Lead and Pine Ridge was tremendous. When we played Lead again, the games were really good, and we got to know some of the girls on the team. Later, when we went to a tournament and Lead was there, we were hanging out with the Lead girls and eating pizza with them. We got to know some of their parents, too. What Sue Ann did made a lasting impression and changed the whole situation with Lead and us. We found out there are really some good people in Lead. In 1989, Sue Ann Big Crow led her team to state A championship, making Pine Ridge the only Native American girls team to win a state championship in South Dakota. Beloved spiritual companions, may we pray, help, thanks, wow. Remembering that thank you is enough. May we pray prayers that join us to the glory of this world. May we dance our prayers, dance hard, remembering that sometimes a dance changes everything. Let us join our hearts and pray that our lives might be long and rich that we might serve higher purposes and that we might finish our days in beauty. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. Adapted from American Southwest writer and environmental activist Terry Tempest Williams. This is our living faith, an active faith, a faith of verbs. To question, explore, experiment, experience, eat, learn, taste, touch, provoke, cry, pray, rise, listen, look, laugh, cajole, create, confront, confound, play, dare, dance. Love, let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen.
please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.